we're still in our series, uh, Let's Grow. And uh, my plant's a little further away from me than normal. And so we're in our series called Let's Grow. And so there are these five characteristics of uh, a, healthy, a healthy church. And what we understand is, is that the healthiest churches, those that are growing, those that are uh, making a difference in the city, uh, you know, change lives and things are, are really going well. There are these five characteristics. I was reading this article, um, this, this research that this organization did uh, that makes up the healthiest churches. And um, one was that these churches believe in, number one, there are five. Number one, a personal relationship with Jesus. So you got to understand that if this church is considered healthy, they are made up of healthy, growing people. Because that's what the church is. It's, it's, it's a people. It's not a building. It's people. Uh, a personal relationship with Jesus. Number two, the power of the Holy Spirit. These churches believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Number three, uh, freedom and worship. So I love that about this morning. We're able to get a little loose and the spirit of God broke out and it was great freedom in worship, meaning like the people in growing healthy churches aren't worried about who's looking at them because they're just too busy getting it in with the Lord and, 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 and getting free. The fourth thing is healing, the power of healing. So periodically we will open up the front and we'll have you come up and receive prayer. But definitely if you ever need prayer for anything, that next step's tent outside, it's all yours. We have a team out there. They're ready to, to pray over you and agree and touch and agree with you for anything that you may need. And then that fifth thing is these churches believe in financial freedom, financial freedom. And uh, so they spend a great deal preaching about tithe and offering and teaching on it and the principle of it, as well as they'll provide classes and all that stuff. Damien, we have some more talking to do. We're, we're working on a few things. But uh, maybe we'll push it back. But just, we'll talk. We'll talk. So, um, yeah. And so um, when, when you think about seeds, you think about potential. A seed is not yet what it will be. A seed is not yet what it will be. And um, that seed, though, it must be planted. It must be planted in order to take root. So we, we've been talking about growing, and even when you look at this, this plant, or, uh, this bush, or whatever you want to call it, it, at a certain point, it had to be planted. It had to go under. And so roots must form in order for that plant to truly grow. But first, the seed must go under. And so I just I love that picture, how, how as the roots get deeper and as the roots get established, as the roots go under, the, the plant has a better chance of growing taller, flourishing, being evergreen, right? And so what I want to focus on with those top five characteristics of healthy, growing people and healthy, growing churches is that, that portion there, that number three, freedom and, and worship. Today I want to bring a message. We're going to have a talk entitled, Rooted in the Soil of Worship. Rooted in the soil of worship. And if you're taking notes, the word worship in the Hebrew is shaka. Shaka. Sometimes you got to have some, like a, a spittle sound when you're speaking Hebrew, and it's kind of tough. Shaka. 
And so that's S-H-A-C-H-A-H. And it means to bow down. It means to, 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 to bow down. So essentially, if you're going to be a growing believer, if you're going to grow in your faith in God, we got to learn how to bow down. Right? We, we got to learn how to get low, go under. Right? And so essentially, I want to encourage you with this, and this is somewhat of a, it's an encouragement, but it's somewhat of like a more of a kind of look at your life. We, are, we all worship something. Um, and, and worship is what gets your heart's affection and your mind's devotion. So we all worship something. Some, some, some people worship inter- entertainment. Some people worship comfort. Some worship money. Some worship relationships. We all worship something. Some worship their businesses. Um, we all worship something. But the Bible teaches that um, only God is worthy of praise. Only God is worthy of our worship. Only God is worthy to be bowed down to. And that's actually where you want to be. That's who you want to bow down to is God. Because guess what? He has all of those things that we mistakenly worship. He owns them all. But the danger in worshiping things, idolizing things, is that uh, when we do that, they get our heart's affection. And so when they're teared away from us or or when things get kind of rocky, we become rocky. As opposed to saying, bow down to the one and the only one who knows us inside and out. The only one who can take care of us. The only one who can bring us comfort. The only one who can bless us. So today, if you're going to grow in your faith, I want to talk about a very foundational topic. And that's about being rooted in the soil of worship. So we're going to deal with three different aspects of this. We're going to talk about what is worship, how to worship, you know, uh, and, and then the benefits of it. And, and I get it for, for some people, what just happened during praise and worship was probably like, oh, that's, that's a bit much. Like, I don't know, you know, but we're going to explain like how all that was normal. Um, we're, we're going to break that down. This is pretty, pretty par for the course in heaven. Like, so if you're going to be in heaven, you can expect way more than that. So let's just get you ready now. Right. Come on. Let, come on. Come on. Let, let's get you ready now. So in heaven, you're not the oddball. Like Jesus over there jumping around with people and the angels and you're just like. Bro, you're in you're in heaven. You made it. You should be happy. You're, you're saved and you're blessed and you're loved and and God's with you and he's for you. Come on. So let's get it now. Let's get it now. So what is worship? Number one, worship is, is daily life. Daily life. It's the life I live unto God. And so Romans 12, 1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Watch this. Because of all he has done for you, you your bodies to God. Let them, your bodies, be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. Here it is. This is truly the way to worship him. Your your life is worship. A lot of times when we think of worship, LEL, and and praise, we think of uh, drums and singing and music and the church and 
But, but the Bible, that, that's, that's a secondary form of worship. This is secondary. This is an expression to the life we live. We're doing nothing but celebrating and acknowledging and admiring who he is and the beauty of his holiness and his glory. But, but your life is worship. When you wake up, you're worshiping. As you breathe, you worship. As a matter of fact, when you breathe in and breathe out, you, you, your, your breath, you make the sound of uh, yud thud. Yud thud. And in the Hebrew, that is, those are the sounds of Yahweh. Yahweh. It's Y-H-W-H. Because in the original Hebrew language, there were no, no vowels. And so what is God saying? God is saying, whether you believe in me or not, I'm still going to get my worship from you. Because when, oof, because when I created man, I breathed my breath into man. So every time you breathe, whether you're a believer or not, you're worshiping God. Uh. So it's, it's your daily life. It's, so when we think of worship, we're like, oh, Pastor Kyra's the worship leader. Oh, Gaethje's killing it. Anissa and all these, and, and Francie's there, Sam, they're, you know, Bernstein. They're worship leaders. Mm, yeah, but you're a worship leader. If you're a mechanic, you're a worship leader. You can, you can worship God with your tools, how you treat people, how you love people, how you show up on time, how you dress, how you talk, how you respect people, how you love people, how you serve people. That's worship. You can worship God uh, in entrepreneurship. You know, so you got um, uh, Chick-fil-A, clothes on Sunday. But they have less stores than McDonald's. Yet they make more money than any other fast food chain. Because Kathy Truett said on Sunday, we're going to close. And, and so you, you go to Chick-fil-A and you get your meal and it's my pleasure. Oh, can I get barbecue sauce and the zesty buffalo? Sure. It's my pleasure. Praise God. Let's give them a praise right through there. As great as that chicken is, you need that sauce. I need my sauce. You're forgetting something. You Chick-fil-A, you don't forget. Something's wrong. I need my sauce. Sauce of life. Brad, let me preach my message. Deacon Brad, Brad everybody. <laughs> hey, hold on. Forget all that. Hey, hold on. Wait. Wait, wait, God. I, I promise I'll preach. Man, so we're in, we're in light group uh, a couple months back. I mean, you know, it's just powerful. You know, I'm laying it down. Everyone's learning and all this. But taking notes. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. I'm, God's working on me. Give your pastor some grace. And so we're praying. I, I pray in, in Jesus' name. Amen. And here comes Brad. Uh, pastor, I like to add an addendum. <laughs> what? An addendum? What is that? <laughs> And then this joker just started praying, man, like in the spirit, Lord, bless, 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 bless. And I'm like, all right. But let me preach my own message, bro. All right. Cool. So <laughs> your marriage, parenting, even in your single life, studying is worship unto God. The, the, the Hebrew people did not detach knowledge from from action. So if you said you believed in a thing, it was the same as acting upon it. 
If you didn't act upon it, it was not faith. So your daily life, true worship is living your life unto God. The second thing that worship is, is worship is when we exalt God unconditionally. The word exalt means to rise, I love this, or to lift higher. When we exalt him, lift, lift higher. Um, I was meeting with a gentleman a few months back, and he was just saying, man, um, Pastor, like, going through a tough time. Uh, when, when I was going through a tough time, it was so, I, I worshiped God, I prayed, I sought him, I looked for him. But now that all the hedges are up and the finances are good and my kids are good and we just went on a vacation, it's kind of hard <laughs> to, to worship God. And a lot of people would think, like, you know, it would be easier, but it's not. And so what, what we want to do is we always want to raise God higher than anything in our lives. Uh, our affection for him should be greater than our affection for what he gives. And so Psalm 145 verse 1 says this, I will exalt you. My God and my King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will always lift you higher in my heart and praise you forever and ever. And, and then we ought to exalt him, not just during the good, but also during the bad. Um, there's a story in the Old Testament, uh, the three Hebrew boys. And uh, Israel had been since taken into captivity into Babylon. And so Nebuchadnezzar builds this golden statue, and he tells them, worship. Worship the statue, worship the image, worship this, this thing, and, and not worship your God. And I love this. They're in a very bad situation because the threat is, is that they're going to be thrown into a furnace, and, and they're going to be burnt up. You've probably read it before, but I love the three Hebrew boys' response. Daniel 3, 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. They're in a bad situation, but they're exalting God. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty. I love that. Honoring a secular boss who's threatening to kill them. I don't know if we've gotten that yet on the job. But he's still your majesty, your king, president. We honor you. Because God put Nebuchadnezzar in that position. Actually, uh, it, it, was, it was God's blessing that Israel was in captivity. God blessed Nebuchadnezzar because Israel was unrepentant. They would not worship God. And, and so now the children of Israel find themselves in this situation. And I love it. Like, even in a bad situation, you can still be a person of character. You can still honor, but that's a whole nother message. That's, that's going to be a series called The Secrets to Success. Humility, submission, humbleness, all that stuff. Um, and, and so he says this here, but if he doesn't, we want to make this clear, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship, bow down to the golden statue you have set up. So worshiping God when it's good and when it's bad, when, when the diagnosis has come in. I know that's hard, and I know that's tough. When, when you've lost that loved one. When, when there's $10 in your checking account and it's five days until you get paid. Worshiping God. Worshiping God. The, 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 the other what about worship is number three, expressing gratitude daily. There's always something to be thankful for. Expressing. So moving, 
speaking, clapping, dancing, expressing it daily, daily. And so now it's not just worship. This is when your worship becomes praise. Praise. So now we're going to talk praise and worship. The, the Hebrew word for praise is halal. Now I'll give you the definition. Halal, it means to shine, to boast, to be, to, to, and we don't have it, but to be clamorously foolish, <laughs> to rave, to celebrate, to, to be foolish, to rave, to celebrate. And, and that's why, if, if I can put you up on like, before the fall of Satan, um, the Bible says in Isaiah that Lucifer was his name um, and, and, and that God had built pipes within him. And so the belief is, is that Satan was a worship leader in heaven before God kicked him out. And, and, and one thing that Satan wants to do is he wants to take our worship unto God and divert it somewhere else. Because he is so upset and mad with God, and he hates human beings. And, 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 and so when we halal, when we praise, when we rave, when we boast, when we celebrate, we're actually putting Satan back in his place. And we're saying, we're gonna, if you don't praise him, we're going to praise him for all he has done, for how he has provided, for how he has healed, for how he has protected, for how he has given, for how he has blessed. We're going to rave. We're going to jump. We're going to dance. We're going to do all these things. I remember when, when I first gave my heart to Jesus, and it was in a, a six-person Bible study um, on the campus of Florida A&M University. And um, it, it went from, from six people, and it just it continued to grow, so we needed to meet in, in an auditorium. Um, my pastor was amazing. It just kept growing. And then so, as with anything, a Bible study, and then music comes, and then you got to find places and all that to, to gather and so um, when we moved to the auditorium space, I would sit, I would sit in the back. You know, I was in the Word, and I was, I, was, I was loving God, but I still wasn't with all that expression stuff in worship. So, you know, I'm, I'm in the back, and so during prayer at the end, I would, you know, I'd be holding on to the front of my seat, listening to the prayer. And, and, and then it would go from times of prayer, holding on tight to that chair. I would let go of that chair and say, all right, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Music's going. Whew. A couple weeks later. All right, ain't nobody looking. Whew. This feels good. About four, four or five months into my salvation. Them flags was going high, baby. I know it's a process, but it's an expression, and, and you can get there. And we're going to pray that, that God will give you the strength, because th- what Satan wants to do is he wants to keep you chained. And then you got Monday and Tuesday, and man, what's wrong with me? Well, you, you didn't get free during the time of freedom. You, you got to. Get out those chains. Church is a time of, of freedom. And so I love the Bible. And so a lot of people ask, why do you clap? Why do you dance? Why do you make us clap? Well, the Bible says it. It's the way that God wants to be worshipped. If God says stand on one foot and do like this, that's what I'm going to do. So, so what I love about the Bible is one way we can express gratitude daily is through dancing. Psalm 149 verse 3 says, praise him with dancing. 
Praise him with dancing, accompanied by the tambourine and the harp, but praise him with, with dancing. Acknowledge him, lift him up, and then clapping. We're the happy clappies. Psalm 47, verse 1 said, come, everyone, clap your hands. Come on, let's try it real quick. Clap your hands. Come on, come on, come on. Woo! Yeah! Jesus! Oh, don't patty cake him. Jesus! There it is. See, some of y'all took it to the next level and stood up. What are they standing up for? In order to dance, you got to stand up. Now, I'm not going to make you dance. But if you want to be free next Sunday, you can try it out. Happy clappies. And then the Bible says singing. Psalm 104.33. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. He gave me this breath. I'm going to use it for his glory. I will praise my God to my last breath. Hallelujah. I love it. When, when, when they pulled that tube out of my dad's throat, um, he, he was praying and singing. I'd never seen my dad cry. But I mean, when, when God pulls you up out of something, when God delivers you, when God sets you free, man, you will, even the toughest man will sing. I will sing. And I love this, Hebrews 13, 15, NIV. So if you're going to go home, just be careful with the translation. He says this, through Jesus, through Jesus, therefore let us continually, every day, offer to God a sacrifice of praise. The reason it's a sacrifice is because it's not always easy to praise. So I'm going I'm to give it to him anyway. The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And another way to, to, to worship is through prayer. Praying. It says here in Acts 4.24, When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. So so one thing I love about when we worship, you know, like the verse and the chorus is going on. And and a lot of it happened today. Today was magnificent. But we all clapped at certain points. That's great. That is, that's great. A next step in your growth and worship during those kind of down moments between the bridge and between the chorus is to get in your personal prayer space. Right? Because they're not here to entertain us or to make a sound or to make a noise. They're here to help us enter into the presence of God. And so I'm going to tell you, for what it's worth, what I'm doing here up front is I'm just giving God the weight. Jesus, thank you. I'm, I'm, I made it to church, and I'm breathing, and I'm clothed, Lord. I thank you for the, the people that are here, God. I thank you that we're, we're, we're well, and you're moving, and you got a plan, and, and you have a destiny, right? So, so yes, clap, but let, let's mature in our worship to the point where we're not just waiting for a music set to finish, but we're actually entering into the presence of God with prayer. So, so during that time when it goes down, it's your time to get in your space and, and just Start thanking him and praying and asking him to do miracles in your life. So sometimes I'll come up here and I'll say, clap, praise Jesus. And I'll say, I want to give you 60 seconds, 120 seconds to just pray. So that's not the time to look at me. That's the time to literally, if you want, you don't have to close your eyes. There's nothing in the Bible that says close your eyes and pray. The reason we close our eyes is so that we eliminate distraction. So close your eyes, look down and begin to Get with your father who wants to bless you.
who wants to speak to you, who wants to give you the assurance that it's going to be okay, and he's working. So, so, so let's, let's, let's try to mature in that because we also want to create a culture of worship. This is not a note, but as a church, I, I want people to come in and feel weird. I, I'd rather you feel weird by worship than weird by the fact that we all look like icicles. A lot of us grew up in those kinds of churches. A lot of people who did. And then a lot of us grew up in the, and the pendulum was way swung to the other side. Like, it was all that all the time for three hours. Right? Right? Amen. Right? And then some of us was like, what Highlight wants to do is we want to be in the middle. Come on, let's praise God for being in the middle. It's called healthy. It's called growth. It's called, this makes sense, and I can enter into this. I can do this, right? All right, they're a little off the chain, but they're cool. Right? All right, we have a commission to also reach the lost. So we don't want to be all, I get, I get questions all the time about spiritual gifts and all this, and I'm all for that, and we're going to grow in that. But, but we can't forget that church is not just for us. It's also for the person who comes in and they don't understand what we're doing. And so we don't want to deflect them from Jesus. We want to help them enter in. The other thing is um, raising hands on the how. Raising your hands. I love this. Psalm 134, verse 2, NIV. It says, lift your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. That the, the word hand in the Hebrew, if you're taking notes, is yod. Y-A-D. Yod. And it literally means hands. If you build it out some more, yada means to throw or to cast. So hands. So, so you, may, you may see hands up if this is new to you. And I just told you my journey. It was, and, and, and what we're doing essentially is our, our hands become an extension of the expression of our hearts. This was the meaning in the Hebrew. You note takers are giving me life. This is the meaning. So they would lift their hands, the psalmist said it, as an extension of the expression of, of gratitude and praise in their hearts. And so you may have heard it said in the past, like, this means surrender. Uh, not really. It means, God, we're grateful because you've showed up. But it also means, it also means we look forward to what you're going to do. So, so that's the way God reads it. So when you're not throwing up your hands, it's, it, you're telling God, I don't have an expectation. Just sustain me. That's all you're telling God. When you're like this, where the spirit of the Lord. God's like, all right, that's easy work. But he's like, I got a, I got a line full of unemployed angels. And so when you lift them hands, he's like, hey, it's time to get moving. They're expecting something. They're praying for something. They want something. They're believing for something. They're believing for something. Yada. Yada, I know you're going to do it. I know you're going to bless. I know, I know you're going to come through. I know you're going to bring the resource. I know you're going to bring the people. I, I know you're going to do it. I know you're going to heal. I know you're going to deliver. I know you're going to set free. Yada. 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 Man, love it. Let me give you the fruit of worship or the result of worship. Number one, 
you get a chance to experience God's presence. God's presence. That thing you feel. You may have felt it today. Those chills, that love, that assurance. It's the presence of God. If you allow it, it's God's presence. Number two, come on, close me out. Joy. When you're rooted in worship, and, and you can be in your car worshiping. You can worship in your home. It's one of the greatest things I love about my wife for the, for the past eight years is she will, she'll tear a house up with some worship music. We clean in the worship song. Go ahead and write these groups down. I'm not ashamed. Uh, write down Elevation Worship. You need some of that in your life. Yeah. iTunes, Elevation Worship. Number two, Bethel. Bethel Worship. Highlands Worship Jesus. Check this last album out. It'll bless you. Highlands Worship there in Alabama. Church has 18 locations, over 100,000 people at Easter. Jesus Christ. 11,000 salvations. Started just like us. 300 people. But 18 years. You stay rooted. You stay rooted. Rooted in worship. Highlands, Bethel. Elevation Hill Song. And check out their most recent albums because the modern tone will, will bear witness with your ear. If you check out their older stuff, you might get bored. So the last two albums. Put it in your car. And if you can't do it on church on a Sunday, go ahead at the stop sign. Get your windows tinted. <laughs> stop picking your nose. Just worship. Just worship. You can start playing mercy. Joy, that that wellspring of joy, internal. Hell could be wide open in your life. But when you worship, that wellspring comes out. Number three, peace. Peace. When you worship. The Bible talks about a peace that surpasses understanding. A lot of times when we lack peace, is because we can't make sense of certain things in our lives. But when you worship, that peace comes in. It doesn't change anything on the outside. But what it does do is it gives you the strength. That's the fourth thing. Worship gives you strength to move forward. Be rooted in worship. Cry, tears, prayer. Go before the Lord. Tell him what's on your heart. 1 Kings 7.21 says this. Um, King Solomon had built the temple. And so Haram was an engineer who was leading in the project of building the temple where the people would have an encounter with, with God. And Haram set the pillars at the entrance of the temple, one toward the south and one toward the north. He named the one on the south, Jachin, and the one on the north, Boaz. Now, I'm going to turn my back on you, don't you with me? And so in Hebrew, you read from right to left. And the word jakin in the Hebrew means established. The word boaz means strength. So, So when the people of God would come to the temple to worship him, They understood that this is a place where God is going to come down. 
and, and, and strength is already established in the place of worship. But in the, in the English, you read from left to right. And if you don't have strength, when you praise and you worship him, your strength becomes established. Come on, praise God for that. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. If you need strength, you're going to praise him right now. Woo. So God wants to give you strength. Strength. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his work. Father, we love you and we give you praise and honor. God, I thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for your love and your forgiveness. We thank you for your presence, Jesus. With every head bowed as we're praying, church, let's pray. Let's intercede for those who, who, need, who need deliverance, who need freedom. Let's pray. Let's pray, church. Come on, come on. just want to extend this invitation to you. Maybe you are in a point in your life where you know you need Jesus and his arms are wide open. And you're saying, God, I, I need forgiveness. I need hope. I need peace. So God is in this place and he wants to establish your strength and your destiny and your purpose. So if that be you and you need Jesus in your life. I just want you to look up at me. Everyone else, heads bowed. Look up at me. I want to acknowledge your step of faith. You're coming to Christ today. On the count of three, you just say, I need Jesus. I'm coming home. On the count of three, look up to me. One, two, three. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Church, go ahead and repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father God, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Lord, forgive me for my sins. I turn to you. Fill my heart with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.